Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Today, we are going through the waiver wire ahead of week week 13. Fantasy football playoffs right around the corner, and we got some team building to continue to do because, holy hell, people, there are a lot of injuries to account for at this moment in time. As always, I am joined by none other than PFF's own Dwayne The Rock McFarlane. Dwayne, how are you? I'm good, man. I just started looking at all these injuries, though, this morning, thinking, I don't know. How good am I? I have to go. I have, like, all these teams. I've got to go deal with all these crazy injuries now. So let's do it. I've been in the Twitter streets just getting the wars with uh, the Zero RB faithful that, you know, just – it's, there's only some people, Dwayne, that are just able to predict every single injury uh, before the year and not, you know, miss out on a single waiver ad or a single late round pick and credit to those that uh, are able to do that. So us losers will just keep on grinding through along the way. But that's a story for another day. Let's start things off with quarterback. I Let's be honest. The what? zero RBers can't even get the right receivers. Like, know, none of the receivers that are blowing up are the ones that they even said to get. So I, anyway, I, I, know I don't disagree with zero RB. I think it can be a good strategy, but I get what you're, I know what you're saying. I don't it's disagree funny. with the strategy either. I get pissed off it's, though <laughs> at the implication that they're just out here <laughs> nailing every first round receiver. And that when like, okay, like when these injuries happen, the idea that the zero RB team just has first dibs on the running backs that everyone else in the league also now wants to get or might already have. That's where I get mad to <laughs> I'm with you, man. I, I, I'm tr- I'm picking up what you're laying down, Ian. And it's all. It's also like I feel like zero because the worst thing ever I think is victory lapping injuries. Like that is the most disgusting part of our fantasy football injury. Where do we see that the most often? Usually with the zero RB clan. With that off of our chest now we'll go back to our usual usually regular scheduled programming my god i cannot talk today great start let's get at the quarterback <laughs> so a couple streaming options but i think the one guy in first place is easily Taysom Hill, who is getting starter reps now Dwayne, we talked about this situation you know throughout the year like why has it not gone to Taysom after Jameis winston was lost for the year and for people saying he had the foot injury there were still two weeks where trevor simeon was, was starting without the foot injury where he was coming off a concussion. And you can say maybe they didn't want to play him coming off the concussion. They were still out there playing him on special teams, regardless of why Taysom Hill was not under center for the past month. He is now expected to be starting on Thursday night. So I believe Taysom is the quarterback streamer of the week because you look at what he was able to accomplish last year. And it really was fantastic in fantasy land because of that sweet, sweet, sweet rushing. He's basically a worse passing version of Jalen Hurts. Like that's the amount of rushing upside we are truly looking at here and that's why he ripped off four qb1 finishes and his only four starts in 2020 so Dwayne, i want Taysom above all else after him i think i would look at carson wentz at the texans Tua versus the giants taylor heineke versus the raiders and daniel jones in that order so again i got Taysom tier of his own number one streamer of the week after that wentz Tua, heineke ty god and daniel jones what say you sir no, I think you actually have the order nailed. I would say with Ooh. Taysom, like if if you've got, um, we talked about this last week with Cam Newton, but if you know you're heading into the playoffs and maybe you're set at quarterback, but maybe like the, the three seed has been streaming, 
don't let them have Taysom Hill. Like if you have a way, like if don't drop somebody you don't want to drop. But if you have something that you can drop just to carry Taysom Hill, even though you know you're going to be starting Tom Brady or Dak Prescott or whoever it is that your QB one is, I would still be very um, proactive as far as adding Taysom Hill to make sure that you know what you're not facing him in you know the second round of the playoffs and you're like wow Taysom Hill just put up thirty on me. <laughs> like let's avoid that. Okay, again, people, Taysom, number one, and then Wentz, Tua, Heineke, Tyrod, Daniel Jones. Those are our streamers of the week. Again, this is for guys that look to be owned around 50% of leagues. Please go check out pff.com. You can use code CYBER40 to get a subscription, save 40% off, and see our rankings for a specific quarterback order. So by some chance, like Joe Burrow is available in your league, obviously play him over these other guys. Just wanted to get that clear. Moving right along to running back. Dwayne, we talked about this situation a lot last uh, night, actually, and everyone can catch our Sunday review pod up Sunday nights, Monday mornings, uh, over wherever the hell you're listening to this current podcast. But basically, don't be overly fooled by Christian McCaffrey being done for the year and now turning over the backfield to Chuba Hubbard. CMC is done on IR with the ankle injury. The problem is that Chuba, when he was in the picture earlier in the year, we didn't have to worry about Amir Abdullah as much. I mean, we saw something named Rodney Smith come in and really make this an annoying split. Now it seems like Abdullah is even more ingrained than Rodney ever was as the pass down back. So Dwayne, like I'm fine with going to get Chuba, but I am not going to blow my fab on him over some of these other options and i'm happy to see that your dog agrees with me and i just think that the ceiling particularly when you look at this offense right now and just the putrid state of the offensive line the schedule coming up the fact that they still have a bye week i just think there are much better options to go after namely alexander madison and jamal williams yeah i'm with you um when you look at what abdullah did last week 73 percent of the long down distance 100 percent of the two-minute offense now, of course, by the time he take, came in the game, um, the Panthers were trailing. But guess what? The Panthers, they do quite a bit of trailing. So I think there's just going to be situations where we're going to see Amir Abdullah on the field plenty. I do think Chuba will still be the 1A, yeah. um, but it is more of a 1A and a 1B. I don't think it's a 1 and a 2. So most of the passing down work, like you mentioned, will go to Abdullah. We'll see uh, Hubbard handle the early down work, but that could be out of hand by the third quarter in a lot of these games the Panthers are in. The good news, I don't want to say it's the good news, the one thing you do get with Chuba over Madison and some of the other guys is just that you know that he's going to be involved the rest of the season because CMC is is being shut down for the season. Right. So there's going to be some value and you know injuries and other things happen. Who knows? Amir Abdullah could get hurt. So you just got to keep that into consideration. But I think you pretty much summarized it well. God, this schedule is brutal though. We got the bye coming up. Then we get the Falcons. That's great. Bills. Not really great. I know we've seen Jonathan Taylor do it, but we know everyone is a Jonathan Taylor. And then to end the year, Buccaneers, Saints, Buccaneers, just not what you want to see people. Those are truly like the top two defenses in terms of loading the box, not necessarily loading the box, but just consistently shutting down opposition's rushing attacks. So Chuba, he's someone that's going to be ranked more in that probably RB20 to RB24 range, whereas someone like Alexander Madison is going to be a weekly top 10 option at the position. We have seen him this year rip off an RB6 and an RB7 finish as the lead back in Minnesota. And his biggest hole, the biggest issue with Alexander Madison as a handcuff over the past two years has been the presence of Amir Abdullah, who is now, you know, being the annoying factor over in Carolina. So Alexander Madison fully deserves to be the go-to running back to go get on waivers. I mean, right now, the... Uh, 
word on Dalvin Cook is that with no complications, if everything goes perfectly according to plan, he'll be back in week 15 against the Bears. So even two, or that'd be, yeah, even two weeks of Madison, I think is more than worth the price of admission. Dwayne, I think we can all agree Madison is the top easy go-to out of the week. After that, though, I would even want Jamal Williams, I think, ahead of Chuba at this point because you look at what's going on with Swift. He is, per coach Dan Campbell, still pretty sore after suffering the shoulder sprain. And Campbell said it's hard to say that you would be seeing him this week. And you look at this schedule, man. Vikings, Broncos, Cardinals, and then Falcons and Seahawks to end the year. I know Swift isn't like guaranteed to be out for the year or anything like that. With that said, we're looking at three fantastic matches we have jamal who kind of gives us at least a chance of having flex value on a week-to-week basis anyway it's not like he's completely disappearing once swift comes back and with this shoulder injury to one of your best players in a lost season i don't think it would be shocking if they aren't exactly overloading swift with his usual workload when he comes back so Dwayne, like just for i guess the sake of week 13 i was saying before chuba you know rb20 rb24 range likely madison legit top 10 back where do you kind of think Jamal falls? I would say it'd be closer to Chuba, but I will be ranking him higher than Chuba. Uh, I think he'll be more like a mid-range RB2. I think Chuba's yep. low-end RB2, borderline high-end RB3 just because of the Abdullah role. So I think Jamal Williams, for every week you get him, you know he's going to be probably somewhere around RB18 in the ranks. You know, cool. Some weeks a little higher, some weeks maybe a little lower, just depending on you know what's going on with the matchup. So we'll have to see what happens with Swift. But to your point around the injury and, you know, how do the Lions really want to play this long term? We see a lot of players every year at this time, you know, Ian, they just start to shut them down, especially on a team like the Lions where they're not doing much. So it wouldn't surprise me if they just play it, you know, overly cautious with Swift. So I would agree. I think Madison, you know, they're they're not going to say that Dalvin's done because, you know, if you look at the Vikings, they've they've had so many close losses and they're still in the race, right? So they're going to want Dalvin Cook to come back, but a lot could happen in the next two weeks. The Vikings lose their next two games. They may just be like, oh, screw it. We're not bringing Dalvin Cook back. Why do we even do that? A lot of things can change. And it's what you said. The key part is for the next two weeks, probably three weeks is more likely at least you're going to you're going to have Madison in the top 12 backs. And so you just take that top 12 production for 3 weeks and yeah, maybe you don't get the rest of the season like, you know, you do with Chuba Hubbard, but we're almost to the end of the season anyway. What are we talking about an extra game or two yeah. depending on how your league is set up? So I do believe that Madison is the absolute go-to this week. Number one, Madison. Number two, Williams. Number three, Chuba. After that, Dwayne, I think a lot of these situations are noise and people really shouldn't be too overreacting to some of the guys out there. We got Matt Breida. Had the touchdown on Thanksgiving. We saw Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. The thing was, Devin Singletary was still working as the lead back in that one with the 68% snap rate. 16 combined carries and targets to Breida's just 11. And you look at the schedule to end the year, Patriots, Buccaneers, Panthers, Patriots, and Falcons. Okay, I know two of those games are winnable, but still, this is already a running back room that we're not, I mean, it's not a guarantee that Moss is just going to be a healthy scratch every week here on fourth. And it's also a situation that even when we've had two backs, it's still been hard enough to get a lot of fantasy value. And that's really, I think, the point for a lot of these situations. With the Eagles, we got Boston Scott making some noise, but Nick Sirianni is saying both Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard are heading in the right direction to suit up this week. Tevin Coleman just played 45% 
percent of the offensive snaps in a random game that the Jets actually got to play with a positive game script. We still have to worry about multiple other parties in New York and freaking Houston. We got David Johnson and Rex Burkhead for now. They're splitting it, but it still seems likely that Royce Freeman carves a, some sort of role into this offense sooner rather than later. And once again, even if we are stuck with the two back committee, finally, it's in an offense that might actually not give us any sort of upside. We got Tony Jones out there, but Mark Ingram was listed as a full participant in practice. Kamara was limited. And then Tennessee, it's Hilliard and Foreman at this second, but with the week 13 bye, it looks like McNichols would probably be healthy enough to return after that, once again, rendering it into a three-back committee. So, you know, Dwayne, like people need one-week stoppers, and I get it. I don't think these guys are all necessarily useless for that purpose. At the same time, though, I just see such a massive drop-off after these big three. Do any of these situations really warrant someone going out of their way to get these guys to you? Now, I think, honestly, like what you just outlined is where my head's been as I've been writing the utilization report today. It's just like nothing that I can get behind like 100% past like this next game. Like you just right. don't know what's going to happen with any of these situations. Dontrell Hilliard, you know, he I like the way he looked. But even in the game we just saw with Foreman, he was really just the passing down back. But they were getting destroyed. You know, so he was out there because, you know, that you had the Titans, you know, trailing and they were running more. Um, they ran the ball still like 60 percent of the time, despite lose, despite, you know, getting blown out by the Patriots. Um, but it was really more form handling, handling all the early down work. And then you're going to get McNichols back. So, I mean, for all we like the range of outcomes on Hilliard is pretty wide. You know what I mean? Like he could just keep that job and it just stays as a two two-way split and you're like oh well he's a top 24 back he might be in that scenario but there's also the chance McNichols cuts in and you get a three-way backfield there's also the chance that McNichols just takes that job and Dontra Hillier doesn't even play that's so that's I, mean, what I think it's just, gonna happen Dwayne like <laughs> yeah it's just a wide range so if you want to throw a dart because you're in a super deep league and it's just there's nothing else available I mean I, we get it. Like, go ahead and go for it. It's just hard to say with any kind of confidence that that's going to remain. I've seen some hype around on Hilliard on Twitter, and I get it. Like, he looked good. Um, but, but be honest with ourselves. Like, it was a draw play that he broke off for a long carry. <laughs> they didn't do a lot after that. And, and, look, he did what he needed to do. But it was like the seas basically parted for Dontrell Hilliard, you know, on that particular play. So I, I just can't get excited. Tony Jones I wouldn't even really bother with, to be honest. Like, it's a men, men, men bid type situation. And you, you hit the flaws with the rest of these guys. Like, Boston Scott I would love to like, but you're getting the other two guys probably back. Like, literally, McNichols has been their backup running back dating back to 2020. He just got a concussion. Like, what about Hilliard, who's been on the team for a month, is going to take over that job? Yeah, he had a nice game against the Patriots. He caught a bunch of dump-offs against the Texans the week before. I really think that he could he could be a healthy scratch. There's a wide range of outcomes. I get it. Maybe they say, screw you, Jeremy. You're not going to take, take your starting job back. But even if we do get Hilliard and Foreman back in this situation, we shouldn't be expecting them to be balling out the same way they just did because this tight offense looks borderline horrific without Henry, AJB, or Julio. So good points all around. Moral of the story for running back, go get Alexander Madison, then Jamal Williams, then Chuba. After that, a lot of this is noise. We'll see what happens as the injuries progress. You know, we'll have updates throughout the week in our game-by-game preview and all that. But as things stand right now, just not many situations to feel good about. Too many backs and offenses that don't carry much upside as it is. 
Final note here, if Tony Pollard's out there, obviously go get him. With that said, Zeke was listed as a, as a full participant in practice on Monday, which seems like he's not really on the verge of sitting as we were hearing some rumors. Do you have any read on that situation, Dwayne? No, I just heard the same thing. You know, as of this morning, it was still, or late last night, it was like, oh, Zeke may get shut down. But then all the news today has been, no, he's practicing. He's probably going to play. Yeah, so, I mean, the, I, the the guy's missed one game in his career due to injury. I, I think he's going to try to gut it out the best he can. We'll see. Obviously, if stuff changes, we will change our opinion as well as the new information comes to the surface. With wide receiver, not a ton to love. We're seeing Josh Reynolds pop up after he scored the Thanksgiving Day touchdown. It's like primetime game touchdowns are just worth like 10 times more in people's minds. Dwayne. I always see the dudes that were scoring in these national TV games in the waiver columns on the next week. Just realize like he had the same usage in week 11 as he did in week 12. What happened in week 11? He goose-egged because Jared Goff doesn't want his wide receiver to have nice things. This has been the story of the entire season in Detroit. One week it's a Monroe St. Brown. The next it's a, you know, Khalif Raymond. Now we got Josh Reynolds. They will pop off occasionally, but you just have no sense of confidence for when it's going to happen. Just try to stay away. We also got Juwan Jennings for the 49ers. Debo Samuel is expected to miss a little time per Ian Rappaport with that groin injury, but it's not considered major. And just realize, I mean, yeah, Jennings had the touchdown. He's yet to play 40% of the offensive snaps is year though we still got Trent Sherfield Travis Benjamin I mean it took months for Brandon Ayuk to get out of the Shanahan doghouse if you think Jennings is all of a sudden going to go out there work ahead of Ayuk work ahead of Kittle and these other wide receivers and what's already a run first offense I mean I got some land in Florida I would love to sell to you also got Kendrick Bourne wide receiver 23 on the year if I want to be a dick and you know not include per game stats either way he is producing well I think he is the number two ad of the week at wide receiver again though not someone that we're necessarily feeling great about firing up i still think jacoby is going to be the lead target getter more weeks than not and as we've seen with mac jones more than fine with just spreading the ball around we'll see Aguilar and the tight ends pop up here and there as well but Dwayne, i think the number one ad is someone that you told people to go put a couple dollars on a couple weeks ago and that is deshaun jackson Derek Carr, perfect. 158.3 passer rating when targeting DJX. We've seen his snaps, reps go up each of the past three weeks that he's been with the Raiders. Like, Dwayne, I'm not sure if we're going to get DJX into the same kind of borderline wide receiver two territory that Ruggs was starting to flirt with. But either way, this is a boomer bust wide receiver three type that I think we could actually start to feel okay about starting in deeper 12, 14 team leagues. Yeah, no, I think DJX is definitely at the top of this list. I don't like this list, really. I love what your sheet says in front of me that I'm looking at. It says <laughs> two names and then whatever. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. Um, but no, with Jackson, look, if I don't think he'll ever be up to like 90% of the routes or anything like that at his age. But if he gets to 70 to 80%, we saw Nelson Aguilar be very successful in that range last year with Derek Carr. So, and I think Deshaun Jackson, when healthy, is a better player still at this point in his career than Nelson Aguilar. So, and it's like you said with Ruggs, we were starting to see a little bit of that. I mean, we could probably argue that Deshaun Jackson is actually better than Henry Ruggs is. You know, I mean, we never really saw that much from Ruggs. He was stretching out the defense, but it's not like he was making a ton of plays. Jackson, we know that he can make the plays. It's just how long can he stay healthy? But I would look for his, you know, participation as far as routes to continue to increase, probably getting up towards like the 75, 80% range. He really is the piece that gives them the best chance to win. Um, obviously, with Waller being out, there's a little bit more to go around. Well, Waller will be week to week, but 
my guess is Walter's going to miss this next game. There's probably going to be a little bit more, you know, to go around to Jackson and Renfro and some of these other um, players. So, yeah, I would have Jack DJX first. Bourne is interesting. It's basically just up to the Patriots, like, on the matchup. Like, are they going to use more 11 personnel? And in those games, like, Bourne plays well. You, you probably just want to put Bourne in your two wide receiver sets, you know, <laughs> if you're the Patriots. Like, you guys are terrible at ever finding a receiver, and you finally have one that's showing something. And it's like, no, nah, no, nah, let's just keep him off the field. Let's keep him over here. We're going to keep Nelson Aguilar out there. And I know they have different roles on the offense, to be fair. You know, Kendrick Bourne's more their move-around player. They get him into space. They do a lot of different things with him. Nelson Aguilar's pretty much just out there running coverage off all day long. Poor guy's out there running gassers. <laughs> Nobody ever throws him the ball. Um, so Bourne, yeah, I think that's fine at two. Bourne Bourne, for me, is like a sell high if you can. It's like you said, he's wide receiver 23 on the year. If you look at points per game, he's uh, 36. So if you can get anything for him now and you already have him on your roster and you're a deeper format, you know, just try to unload Kendrick Bourne now because you just don't know which weeks he's going to be out there for 60% of the pass plays versus which week it will be 80%. And uh, it's just it's, it's also still a run-first offense at the end of the day. He's had last week wide receiver four finish pre Monday night football. Two weeks ago, he was wide receiver five. five. That's fantastic. What was he the three other weeks? Sandwich in there 43, 56, and 56. Like that's the floor we're talking about. And that's why, yeah, I can see how Bourne can go and have some nice weeks. He has had some nice weeks. That's great. But don't go point chasing in an offense that we know is still run first and yeah. awfully spread out. His, his so 2. 1, 8, he's at 2.18 yards per route run. So he's doing some nice things it's just yep. really more about the offense that he resides in and the way they use him exactly all right real quick with some tight ends number one guy you should be getting all day long to go fill that tight end need is foster moreau Dwayne, it's basically the same thing as we've kind of seen in Washington uh, and Philly over the past few years where tight end one goes down, tight end two steps up. And in Foster Moreau's case, he's actually demonstrated some high-level talent, even dating back to his rookie year. I mean, they brought in Jason Witten last year to be a progress stopper, kind of ruined his. I think Moreau might have been hurt uh, a little bit there too, if my memory serves me correctly. So um, wasn't exactly given the chance to ball out, but we saw him return some top 10 production when Waller missed a game earlier this this year and I think he'll be maybe not a top eight option at the position. He's not going to be Darren Waller 2.0 by any stretch. At the same time, Dwayne, this is someone that does I think deserve to be the top tight end streamer of the week and someone we're going to probably find a way to squeeze inside that top 12. Yeah, I mean, he's tied in four uh, week seven when we were without Waller. So, um, and like you said, there's also a track record with Foster Moreau. It's not like he's just one of these guys that he's not John Bates, right? Literally no. just out of nowhere. Like we know <laughs> a little bit about Moreau. He's got, he's got a track record. So I do like him a lot as far as for this week. If it's just a rest of the season play, I still would value Cole Komet over um, Foster Moreau for the rest of the season. But if it's, I just need a starter for this week, Foster Moreau's definitely the play. 100%. Cole Komet, yes, eight catches, 65 yards last week. Naturally, after everyone streamed him in DFS the week before, and he dudded. It's just the Bears offense. I mean, you know, Jimmy, no trade clause. Graham did come down with the touchdown of the group um, in that Thanksgiving Day game. So it just kind of depends. You know, Darnell Mooney is going to be the number one in Chicago. But once Allen Robinson comes back, you do start to wonder about Komet. So we kind of know who he is at this point. He is a full-time tight end in a bad offense that if you're in a 
a pinch and you need someone, hey, at least we know he can rack up receptions from time to time. Just realize I don't see really much of a way that Komet's going to sneak too much further inside of the ranks aside from being, you know, top 15, uh, top 16 area. After that, we do have James O'Shaughnessy. He's a reasonable ad if you really need someone. He was starting to put together some nice weeks to start the year. We didn't know what this rotation was going to look like with him and Dan Arnold in there. We don't have to worry about it because unfortunately Arnold is probably done for the rest of the year with a knee injury. And then just real quickly, no on Jack Doyle. None of the usage changed. It's still a three tight end committee in Indy. So Dwayne Moreau, Komet, O'Shaughnessy, Doyle, same page. That is the order. I freaking love it. I love all you listeners of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Hope you guys' seasons have been going well. Hope Thanksgiving treated you well. And we got five more weeks of this to go capture some fantasy championship glory. So, Dwayne, anything else you want to get off your chest? No, man. I think we hit it all. Uh, the running backs. Go work your wire. Go work it. Don't also, leave we- Taysom Hill there for, a really, for another good team. Block, yeah. block, block. <laughs> Yeah, just real quick in conclusion, because I know we did cover a good amount there. Quarterback, go get Taysom Hill. If you can't get Taysom Hill, you need a streamer. We're looking at Carson Wentz, Tua, Taylor Heineke, Tyrod, and Daniel Jones in that order among usually available guys. At running back, for the love of God, yes, go get Alexander Madison by the hype. After him, Jamal Williams, and then the Panthers crew, namely Chuba Hubbard. Everyone else has enough holes, enough you know question marks with their usage and offense overall that we're not freaking out too bad about these guys wide receiver Deshaun Jackson above all else also don't mind Kendrick Bourne and at tight end go get yourself some fossil Moreau for however long Darren Waller is sidelined for Dwayne I'm Ian thank you as always for tuning in to this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast and until next time take care everybody <laughs>